I got Casper Burgos in the house. No BSOP once again. Where your backbone, nigga, where your cold at? Where your one real bros at? Where them stories that you telling on fold at? Where your heart, nigga? Where your soul at? Shout out DJ Mustard. Ain't no guarantees, but you know that. Niggas die every day, can't control that. King Griffey throwback, nigga had to go left. Must have popped. Vibe out with us, vibe out with us. Shout out, brother F. Straight Wago Studios. Run through your hardest homeboy, you could go next. Shout out, Dolly. Luna Bright teeth waiting. Get your teeth waiting. Now you see the progress. Sacked every chip on myself. Time to collect all money in. Just imagine what I gross back. Fuck where your hoes at. Fuck where your roads at. Where your backbone, nigga, where your cold at? Where your dance is day one, real bros at? Where them stories that you telling on fold at? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's turn the energy up with a little bit of a different nip. Big up, big up, big up. I miss nip, yo. Shout out Big Sean, too. This is my shit. We're gonna get into it with Casper Budigo shortly. Filmmaker, actor, comedian, artist, love. management, Connecticut in the Fuck building. Rap, I'm a street legend. Black love me with a deep reverence. Shout out LA, shout out Compton. Helicopters and police. Shout out Crenshaw. Shout out Jersey. Big game tomorrow. A lot of shots, we broke street records. Watch how you talk about reflexes. Watching your cheap necklace. Then we slide out. Brother F, hit me with the fade out when you can. Y'all still learning street lessons. Cameras up, brother Casper. What's up? Welcome to the show, Thank Casper Budgo's multi-talented individual, straight out of CT, Connecticut. Let's start there, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. How is uh, how has your experience been as a Latino growing up in Connecticut? Talk to me about Connecticut first of all, because I don't know shit about. <laughs> that's that. That's what it is. You know, every time I mention I'm from Connecticut, people are like, "What?" <laughs> like what, what's like, Connecticut? What's popping out there? So, that's the thing with what with, with what I want to do with Connecticut because not a lot of people know what it is. Right. A lot of people don't know what's inside of it. Right. Like me, I was born and raised in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, the best way I can like describe stuff that came out there was we got Mohegan Sun. Okay. We got the WWE headquarters. My shit. We got um where they made the mo the movie Mystic Pizza with Julia Roberts. That's the biggest Shout one. Out to that. And a movie, War of War Worlds, with Steven Spielberg was made up there, too. Shout so, out to that, man. Yeah. So you have the perfect opportunity to put Connecticut on the map yes. as, a, as an entertainer, right? Mm -hmm. um, is there a lot, a, a lot of, like, entertainment happening in Connecticut? Like, is there a lot of talent brewing? I, 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 I don't hear, like, I can't name a, a, a rapper out of Connecticut. And I'm not trying to shit on Connecticut. So, Connecticut, do not come for me because I'll fuck with y'all. I'm just trying to figure out, is there a scene out there of creatives uniting? Yes, um, especially when I used to manage for music and modeling, too. I met a lot of people with a lot of talent. There was just a lot of tools that either they didn't know about or they didn't have to be right. able to expose themselves properly um and i'm not even just talking about music i'm talking about um acting filmmaking modeling obviously i came out of there and there's people that i've worked with who has the same talents as well right right well you know 
when you're bored and ain't shit to do, you got to get creative, right? Yeah. So your creative juices start flowing. So shout For out sure. to everybody out there doing their thing creati- creatively. And uh, have you ever thought of maybe being the one to unite all these talented people and, and you know, give them a platform? Yeah. Is that what you're doing with your films and stuff? Yeah. Before we get into the films, because that's what you're into right now. You're Mm -hmm. doing the films, you're doing the acting, you're doing the stand-up comedy. Let's go to the artist artist management, which you are taking a break from. Mm -hmm. What, first and foremost, what led you to even have the desire to manage other people's careers? So, I've always been a big fan of business, but I wasn't really into, you know, like making my own store, my own brand. I always wanted to stay with the entertainment industry and I wanted to see where else I can go. Right. So, you know, one day I was just like, you know what, let me at least give it a shot and yeah. see where I can go with this. And it's been really good to me. Um, the only thing about management, period, whether it was artist, modeling, is that you take a big break from your own career. Right. Which is what was happening. Right. Um, and another thing with working with a manager, even from an artist perspective, was something that I learned is that you have to take away some of your independence. Yes. And there's a lot of people who are independent artists who doesn't want to do that, which is, you know, it's understandable. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to keep that independence. So the person and the people I was working with, you know, we both mutually decided where it's like, okay, you want to be independent. I need to get my own career back in order. So let's just separate. Right. And that led to your break? Yeah. All right. Before we move on, for artists out there, for managers out there, for aspiring managers and aspiring artists, right? When you reach a certain level that you need a manager, you have to find a manager who is willing to almost sacrifice their own life and their wants and their needs and their desires and put yours first. They have to understand you. They have to understand your goal. They have to understand what it is you're trying to do and where it is you're trying to reach. And then they have to be willing to help you do those things. If they are not willing to do that, then that is not the right person to manage your career. So make sure you find the right person. Make sure you build a team around you. Mm -hmm. And that's going to lead you to greater success. So once you set down... Be, although you were doing the artist management, that wasn't your first endeavor into entertainment, was it? No. You had already been doing the other stuff, the yes. uh, filmmaking, the acting, and the comedian, uh, the the comedy, excuse me. Yeah. When did you realize, like, I want to do entertainment? When I was a little kid. Um, my family, we don't come from money, so the only thing I was able to do, I'd, I would just take a movie and I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to be this person in the movie and I'm going to act like how I'm going to act. Right. And then as I got older and I got exposed more to the world, I was like, you know what, maybe I could actually do something with this, right. you know, make films and make shows, you know, so and I love to write and I started writing and um, I made my first little short film when I was like 17. Mm-hmm. It was a piece of shit. But I learned yeah. how to make a movie. And now, fast forward, I've already got a lot of projects coming up. Right. And it just feels like yesterday I just started with it. Were you an actor first or a filmmaker first? Filmmaker. Okay. I, honestly, acting, I, I despised it. I did not want to act right. <laughs> at all. But then people, they were... I'll do like some plays for like class and then I'll do like my little bits and stuff, you know, messing around with my friends. And they're like, bro, if you've tried, you could do it. Right. Because I have no prior training experience at all. Right. Um, and it just, 
it just happened which you know it's life you expect not to do something and then right. eventually yeah you want to stay behind the camera yeah but you know you're talented enough to be both mm -hmm. in front and in back of the camera um now you said when you were young you picked out these movies and you started acting kind of putting yourself into the movie yep. right do you remember some of the early films that uh that kind of made you want to do these things kind of let you know led you into the entertainment yeah one of the biggest ones was scarface okay um one thing about <laughs> my dad is that he really wanted me to watch movies uh-huh um and then i remember i was just seeing scarface and i wasn't really focusing on like the entertaining part i was just I was like, yo, how the hell did they make this? Right. Because one, it's a long ass movie. Right. And two, there's so many aspects that go into it mm -hmm. and like the backstory of it and then watching Al Pacino and then it went from that to Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. um, wait, wait, did your dad have a list of specific movies that you needed to watch? No. Okay. He he just he was just like I mean he, he just wanted you to watch movies. Was, yeah, he was like just watch movies. That's something about my dad. He's like, don't shit on it until you do it. Okay. And. When, and we would like have these conversations about old movies like The Godfather, Goodfellas. Um, it was mainly gangster movies. Uh -huh. um, but he's very into them. Yeah. Okay. And horror movies too. Okay. Mm -hmm. I ask because I have a list of yeah. specific <laughs> movies that I made my daughter watch. Yeah. And it's almost like like training, like mm -hmm. learn these lessons. Goodfellas was definitely on there. Yeah. Um, Scarface, Casino, but then a Bronx Tale like, was the biggest oh, one. The Bronx Tale was the biggest know, one. Hell it was yeah. uh, it was the like the main one me and my dad could bond yeah. with because I grew up. I first grew up in um Hartford, Connecticut, obviously, but I grew up on Park Street. Okay. Park Street is Puerto Rico. Okay. And you know there was like gang violence. You know there was people doing stuff they weren't supposed to, and my dad would played a really big role on keeping me out. Mm. He was really tough, right? Um, to the point where we would butt heads. But then now, even me as a father, mm -hmm. when I think about my son, it's like I get it, and I thank him for right. being able to just like, like I'd be like, "Oh, dad, I want to go to the bodega." He's like, "No, stay your ass inside." Right, right. And you hated that <laughs> yeah. at the moment. I really did. Right. But well, shout out to your dad, bro. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I see now why Bronx Tale was so important. It's very life yep. similarities. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying. On top of the fact that it's a fucking awesome movie, yeah. a beautiful movie. Shout out to Chaz Palmentero. It's also, they had done it on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew that. But, yeah, uh, I knew that. That shit was super dope. I caught it on Broadway. So shout out to Bronx Tale. If you've never seen a Bronx Tale, go watch it watch immediately because that shit is a it. classic film. Um, so that was definitely on the list. Uh, and then it switched to other joints like The Last Dragon. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I made her watch. My poor daughter, I made her watch all these movies. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yo, you have to learn Juice. My, we, uh, uh, I grew Boys up, in the Hood, all them Yeah, I, Boys in the Hood, Friday. Those mm. were the ones where he was like, no, you're watching these. Yeah. And he mainly wanted me to watch it so we could have like a laugh together. Right. But then he was like, you see what how Craig's dad is to him? I'm like that with you mm -hmm. because I know how the world is and you ain't going to be out on the street like that right because i would always complain me and my older brother to our mom why is dad like he does the most yeah and then now as we get older and he can have like these good conversations with us he's like this is why i know there was some stuff where i like went too far mm -hmm. which you know he admitted ab about it but i feel like in the long run i was better off with him being right that tough and friday boys in the hood don't be a um, menace to society. Right. That was a big one. Damn, and shout out to your dad, bro. Yeah. He's uh he's still with us? Yeah. 
Shout out to that dad if you're watching. Shout out to you, man. You picked some great movies <laughs> to would, put. He, he was even um, stressing when, when I was about to come here because this is the first time I ever drove out of state. No shit. Um, so he was like, make sure the tires are good. Make sure you got gas. Um, let me check. It. He like went out. He was like, let me check your oil. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Damn, no, nah, that's what's up, bro. Dad's, yo, dads are forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, he's always going to be your dad and he's always going to fucking look out for you. And yeah. now... You you stated earlier you have a son. Yeah, I have a one son. One child? One son. Shout out to that. God bless him. God Thank bless you. you. You're going to be the same way, bro. I know. I'm already here. All right. So let me ask you a question. How's your dad with him? He is a cupcake. Not Nothing compared nothing to compared. what he was with you and your brother. <laughs> like me and my brother. Why does we, that happen, bro? I don't know. And this is with love, you know, because my, my dad, he was very like, um, to himself Very you know tough But now he grew as a person right. And he's able to be that way Not with just my son Because my sister She got two kids too right. She He's like that with them as well yeah, He's yeah. very soft And he's like Oh hi how are you And he's very overprotective Like my son He'll do something stupid Hit his head And then he'll cry And he'll baby him Me when I was little I was like four. I would yeah. run, get fucked up on the street. He'd be like, get up. No, you hit your head. He yeah. hit you on the head, too. Mm-hmm. Like, don't mind. He'd be like, he'd be like get your ass up. That shit ain't hurt. I'm, so I'm looking at it. I'm like, really? My mom, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They soften up with the grandkids, mm-hmm. bro. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they could give them back. Or, like, they don't yeah. have to toughen them up. You feel yeah. me? Because it's like, fuck it. I'm a baby. I'm in the my mom, she don't care. Boy. She'll, like, come in my room, take my son without even asking me. And then, like, two hours later, she'll just bring him back. That's it. She had her That's fill, it. bro. Yeah. She got what she needed. She calls it her dose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. You know, um, funny. I, I do that similarly with babies. Mm-hmm. And I call it birth control. Really? Yeah, because, like... I'll hang out with a baby for an hour or two, and I'm like, all right, that's enough. Now I have no desire to have a child and ah, be okay. with a baby. You I get feel it. Me? Yep, I get so it. Like I just said, I got my fix. I got my dose of baby yeah. smell and fucking magic. Mm-hmm. And that's what's I'm up. good. Now give it back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to you, first time dad. How's your baby? Five months. Oh, so you're new. In the yeah, mix. he's he's fresh. Oh man, shout out to that, bro. Mm-hmm. Congratulations and God bless, man. Thank that's you. that's a beautiful. How how scared were you? That's a story. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not ashamed of talking about this. So I didn't know about him until a month later. After he was born? After he was born. Okay, but that's not your fault. No. Um, so it was a one-night stand, but right now me and her, we have a great friendship. She's an amazing co-parent, sure. and I use him in my stand-up because that's my best joke. That's how yeah. like I get people's attention because... I talk about people, I be like, hey, yo, you know, I got a son, I just found out, keyword just found out, yeah, and they're yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck? How? how <laughs> they be thinking I'm a deadbeat dad uh-huh. and shit, and then I'm like, and he's half black. And then they look they look at me, and they're like, are you sure? And yeah, I'm, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, you want to know if he's half black? Go change his diaper. Mm. You'll see he's half black. <laughs> there you go. That's how that's that, yeah. man. Um, damn, a one-night stand turn baby, that's a... That's a that's a scary story. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I found out the way I found out, bro. I was you just scared the shit out of me. I was in the car with um the the person who used to be my artist, yeah. and I knew how to tell her. I was like, "Yo, I might be a dad," and she just like stopped the car. She was like, "What?" It is. Y'all still cool? Yeah, we're still cool. Shout out to that man. Shout out, shout out to that young lady. Um, how many artists were you managing at your peak? Just her. Just her. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to take a break and yeah. focus on yourself. Yeah. Once you decided to focus on yourself, what was the first thing you jumped into? 
the gym. <laughs> Literally, the gym. Um, okay. I, I still went to the gym, obviously, but I... But you have more time now, no? Yeah. With Also with um them, it's just when... That's another thing, too. When you're managing somebody, it's like I was with this person every day. Yeah, you have to. And it came to the point where it's just like... I'm not I gotta live like she wanted to live her life I gotta live my life so even like on a personal aspect we're like taking a some time mm -hmm. from each other which mm -hmm. is fine you know I have like I have nothing against her whatever I think she's still a cool person and all but I feel like that's something people gotta understand too people think it's all fun and games when they see on social media oh this no. person got a manager this person got a publicist you gotta understand these people are gonna be with you every single day yeah. they're gonna be calling your phone texting you and here's my thing if you don't have any if you did if you got a manager or a publicist or a team and they're not blowing up your phone for your about your work mm -hmm. you need to change your fucking manager exactly. and your publicist and whatever because that means they don't care exactly when i didn't care either i was mm -hmm. like no i want to make sure your career is set too right but then it's like but i love movies and stand-up yeah so, you gotta do your own thing yeah. too man so after the gym where was your focus and why'd you hit the gym first? That, well, when I was younger, before I even went through entertainment, the best way I knew how to handle stress was like lifting okay. because it was tough because now it's like, I've been in manager mode for three fucking months. Mm -hmm. Now I don't have an artist anymore. It's like, what do I do now? What do I do? Yeah. You know, because I, 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 I got this movie coming up and I don't know, for some reason, it's like once we cut things the shit just started coming to me right um because i started being more positive i started manifesting more i made my own vision board ah, I, I heard uh, the, yeah. <laughs> she was talking Last about vision boards. Was just talking i made about my that. own vision board and then nice. i started um thinking optimistically about okay everything happens for a reason it did not work out but wish them the best i'm gonna wish myself the best and that's how i ended up with the with the new film projects i met more incredible people i've been doing better for myself as well i've been spending more time with my family mm. and my son because entertainment it takes a lot of time away right. like my son is at home right now being watched by my parents right i could be over there with him mm -hmm. but i'm doing this which shout out to my parents they're very supportive mm -hmm. which i'm very grateful thank god yeah yeah shout out to that man so when did be mine come about magic um i work at hartford stage okay which is a theater company um, they did stuff like Angela Bassett was in it. Yeah. Um, that's basically like where the big actors you see today, that's where they got their start. Okay. One of the places. This guy, right, uh, the director, he walks in, he's looking for funding. And I took it as an opportunity because I wasn't doing shit. I was, in, I was still in college. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, can I be like a production assistant? And he said, yeah, of course. I got in contact with the cinematographer. And then we spoke. And then he needed an actor for one of the like main supporting roles. And then, you know, my friends, they were talking to me about it. And then he explained to me the character. And they're like, bro, that's you. Mm. That's you to the T. And I just took a chance. And I asked him, I was like, can I just go for it? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Did you have to audition? No. Oh. Okay. Which was another blessing, too, which right. I was willing to audition. I don't care. I work for, for, for my shit. Right, right, right. But it was just like a blessing in disguise where he's like, just, just do it. Mm. And now I'm here. So who did you play in Be Mine? Uh, the character's name is Tony. Uh -huh. um, he's one of the he's the main jock that bullies the main character of okay. the film. So you're kind of like the bad guy. I'm right? the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you feel playing that role? 
It was funny because it was like, and me and the 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 guy who I was bullying, me and him in real life were cool because he went to my college. Okay. He he's older than me, so I'll be bullying him, and then behind the scenes, like when he'll say "cut," I'll be cracking jokes with him, yeah. and then he's like, "Okay, now you gotta go back to treating me like shit." Yeah. Wait a minute, you said your friends saw this role. And we're like, yeah, Casper, this is you. Yeah, because... Did you ever go back and be like, yo, what's up with y'all? Y'all trying to... <laughs> like, get, am I an asshole? Am I yeah, an asshole? My long-term friends years ago, I was a different person. Mm. Um, you know, I was like, I can say a bully. I had a bit, I had a smart mouth. Mm. Um, Even with that tough-ass dad? Yeah. Because uh. I, I didn't do it in the house. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> It's just like I was so just angry with myself and with the world and our living situation. It's like I want to take this out, and I was so insecure, so I'll take it out on people who did not deserve it. Right, you and know, probably who couldn't retaliate. Yeah, but then it came to the point where it's like I'm tired of being angry all the time. No. And the biggest thing was I don't want these demons to pass on to my son. Mm. So I was like, let me take a step back. Yes, that's a character I played. But that's not who I am. Right. I can tap into that if I have to, mm -hmm. in a from a protective standpoint. But that's not. This is me now, that's Casper. Yeah. You know. Was it fatherhood that led you to make that change, or was it before that? It was before that. But like the nail in the coffin was the fact I became a dad. You know, I sat with uh, my close people, and I was thinking about all the stuff that I used to do and how I used to be and how I used to think. And it's like, which again comes with my dad because. My dad was away too when he was younger. Okay. And he had his own ways. He broke that, that cycle for me and my brother, coming right. from like a man standpoint, because mm -hmm. his dad was not there. He took that and he was like, ah, right, you wasn't there for me. I'm going to be there for my fucking kids. Right. So me, I'm like, okay, my dad, he was angry a lot. I'm angry a lot. I don't want my son to be this angry. Right. So... Let me show him, yeah, there's messed up things in the world, but let me show him there's love in the world, which my dad did too. Right, right, right. But, you know, not no one is perfect. Our dads and... Uh, you're younger than me, right? Yeah. But our dads come from a different generation. Mm -hmm. A generation that was never taught how to express emotions. 100%. Especially for men. Mm -hmm. You know, women too, but especially for men. Yeah. They weren't allowed to cry. They wasn't allowed to, like really love shit too much yeah. they wasn't hugging each other you yeah. know they never told they bro i love you and mm -hmm. shit so the fact that he even noticed that and and, and said i'm gonna change it and i'm gonna break the cycle you know and, yeah. and be there for y'all and love y'all in his way which might be a little off you know? yeah that, that's the thing though like my dad he from like for a long time, I couldn't remember the last time he said I loved you. Right. Which would make that's where it came to the insecurity, where it's like, yo, does my dad love me? Yeah. No. You know. And then when I, when I became a dad, I was like, okay, he does love me, but it's just the way he grew up that wasn't really a yeah, thing. Yeah. You don't but really then it's say like, it, but he shows it. Yes, with all love, dad, that was your thing. But I'ma tell my son I love him, yeah. even though he showed me he did. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it's still good to hear I love of you, course. especially from a man. That. But we learn that now. Mm -hmm. We know that. You yeah. Know? And it's not. It's not weird. No. You feel me? Like to them, that would have been weird. Mm -hmm. like, no, we don't do that. We're men. Fuck and now he says, I love you more to Good. me. So which is like. to learn, bro. That's, that's at, beautiful. At first, it was uncomfortable. Like, of course. Like, like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, you bugging. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Shout out to that, bro. Absolutely. So you get on Be Mine. And this is a, a movie, right? 
Yeah, a, like, sh- a short uh, film. A short film, okay. And you're on set. This is your first acting, first your first acting, foray into acting. Period. How did you feel on set as an actor with with did you already have aspirations to be a filmmaker or yeah. was it there that you were like, wait, I could do this? Shit. I had aspirations to be a filmmaker, but that's where I developed my aspiration to even act too. Okay. Like the way I see myself is the, I'll write a movie, but mm-hmm. I'm acting it. Okay. I'm now. Pro- now. Right. Okay. I'm a producer movie, but I'm acting it too, whether it's a supporting role, a cameo right. or the big role. Right. But when I first walked on the set, you know, I was like, this is a whole new world, yeah. you know, dealing with people from different backgrounds, even um, the person who I was mainly with, who was my co-lead, this girl, um, she does modeling and acting too. She played my girlfriend. Both of us come from different backgrounds. Mm. So it was interesting learning about all these people. And the only person that the only people that came from Hartford was me, the director and two other actors. OK, respectfully, everybody else was from the suburbs. Okay. So that it, it like there was so many things where I couldn't relate to people or people couldn't relate relate right. to me. You know, it's like my co lead, she gave me rides to set. Mm-hmm. So shout out you know, shout out to her. Mm-hmm. And because my car was a piece of shit. <laughs> we all been there. You know, it's uh <laughs> it was um and you know she she um pay I call it paying your dues. Mm-hmm. She paid her dues too. She still is, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard. And people like to, that's something I also learned as well, because I used to be one of those people, oh, they're rich, yeah. oh, they're white, they got it better, oh, um, they're Hispanic, but they grew up in the suburb, they don't know the struggle like I do. Mm-hmm. Which in a way is true, mm-hmm. but in a way it's like, everybody has their own struggle. Right. You they know? don't know your struggle, yeah. but they know like, a struggle. Like, for example, I'm a Latin dude mm-hmm. from Hartford, but then there could be a Latina from the suburbs she will not have the same struggles as me, but she'll have her own struggles right. as, well, as a woman. Right. Like, as a woman. As a think, woman, as yeah, a Latina. As a Latina. Mm-hmm. Think, like, that's, that's stuff that I had to learn and grow with. Right. You know, but it was fun. Um, the hardest person on me was me. You know, I was like, yo, did I do this right? Tell me if I fucked up. My co my co lead, she was like, Yo, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, relax. But you wanna do it good. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted it to be to be right because and on top of that, I was the youngest person on set. Uh-huh. Which get boosted my confidence mm-hmm. and was also like a blessing in disguise where it's like, Hey, yo, you're here versus all these other people. Mm-hmm. You know, not knocking down people who's twenty five pursuing the industry, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like it gives me a leg up because I'm young. Yeah. And because I even got the opportunity to do that. The only person who was younger was my colleague. We were the two youngest people on set. Right. And we were the least experienced. It was just, yeah. it, it was cool. But you yeah. were the leads. We were the supporting. When okay. I say I, when I say colleague, I mean colleague as in like supporting. Okay, okay. Yeah. But still, that's big that was for great. a first time actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now you hit the gym. Mm-hmm. You book your first acting gig. And it's a big part. Right, yeah. it's not a small part. How is um, all this helping you with rebuilding that confidence that you thought you were lacking? So, one of the biggest things that I saw, because when I was managing the artist, I was managing, she was actually older than me. Okay. By, 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 like a, a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, think about three years older than me, and then the people she rolled with was older than her. I, 99% of the time in like a meeting or something, I was always the youngest person there. Right. But I had such a mature role to play as her manager. 
And, you know, sometimes people would look at me weird, like, bro, you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Why do I got to listen to you? Same thing, like, when it came to representing her, you know, like, um, people are ruthless. Yeah, especially you know? in the music business. Yeah, especially in the music business. And <clears throat> people would attack her as well. And me, it's like, yo, I'm young. How am I supposed to be able to protect her from this? Mm -hmm. And on top of that, when you have nightclubs and shit and bars, I'm under 21. Mm. I got lucky every single time I went into an event for her th mm -hmm. that I set up that was in an establishment like that. It's just I don't look under 21. Right. When people see me, they're like, bro, you got to be 25, 26. No. Right now, I'm 19. No shit. Exactly. Dude, you're a baby, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, no offense. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's what I got all the time. And once people realized that, they took it as a, like, man, this kid is here already doing this shit. And I'm only, like, 30. And I'm still, you know, struggling. Right. And it's like... I don't care how your life is. No. You know what I mean? That's just some hate. You know, yeah, like it's your struggle. Yeah. I respect your struggle and I respect what you're trying to but do. That shit ain't got nothing yeah, to do with you. Yeah, got nothing to do with me. I'm shit. here. To, I'm here to do, like do business, yeah, bro. Like, yeah. like don't hate get, on me. Yeah, get you your old. shit. Get your shit together. Not not saying that anyone directly said, "Oh, you a kid. You can't tell me what the fuck to do." But you but, feel the vibe. But I feel the vibe. Yeah, I right. felt it. That's uh, you know, common in the music business and 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 I'm sure in other businesses and in other mm -hmm. fields right um people want to help you be big but mm -hmm. never bigger than them 100 percent. you know what i'm saying yeah. so they'll, they'll they'll throw you that rope but it's not going to be the best rope they got you feel me they hold that's, down to that for themselves that's something i learned growing up in the in the streets yeah. you know um that whenever somebody's giving you like a hand you're, you say thank you, but then you mm -hmm. gotta think about it. I was like, okay, why exactly is you? What do me? they want? You know, you because you're in a better position than me. Mm -hmm. So why are you taking the time out of your day to help myself? Which is something I learned with all these kids who came from the suburbs who was pursuing it too. Mm -hmm. They didn't see that. Right. I saw that, which right. is something I was able to use as a manager. Like I'll put like a whisper. I'll be like, be careful. Yeah. Like just because they wouldn't peep it, but again, it's not their fault. Because they grew up differently. Mm -hmm. Like how I listen, me, there was moments when my artists had to tell me, like, yo, you gotta chill with that ghetto shit. <laughs> yes, I right? know, you feel me? Yeah. Because the message might have been correct. Mm -hmm. Maybe you was just delivering it. Yeah, the deli it was me? always it was always my delivery. And yeah. I'm like, yo, I didn't mean to to have it come out like that. And it was like um like manifestation. I learned it yeah. from her and uh, other people that was in the same position as her. Man right. Manifestation, I ain't give a fuck. Well, it's also part of maturation. Yeah. Right? You're learning um, how to communicate in these rooms and these and these meetings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the communication there, most of the time, is going to be different from the hood, right? The block or whatever. 100%. Depending yeah. on who's in there. Because yeah. if we have a meeting tomorrow, you know, we're going to conduct business, but we yeah. can talk like we how we talk. We can talk like how we talk, yeah. So depending on who's in there, you have to kind of like code switch almost mm -hmm. right and i hate i hate code switching i hate the thought of it because it's like yo i'm me and i want to be me wherever i'm at and if i'm a little ghetto yeah i grew up in the ghetto that's okay yeah. it's not a bad thing per Th that's se y'all look at it negatively and then i had some people where who knew about the connecticut area where they were like you're from harford i'm like yeah they're like but you sound educated I'm like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? That's a dig. <laughs> like, that's an insult. They like, trying to shit on on like, you and your like, in your area. Like I was raised right, yeah. you know. Like my parents, they like make sure you know you stick up for yourself, <clears throat> you do right by yourself, but don't go around being ratchet. Yeah. So my 
my choice of words would be different, but it wouldn't be to the point where I'll sound like some crackhead in the corner. Right. And when I would interact with people who knew I was from Hartford, they'll be like, really? Yeah. You like, you you kind of too smart to be from Hartford. Exactly. Or too well exactly. spoken. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up, bro. Because low key, I don't know who said that. You feel me? But I always think of shit like that. Like, it's not racist. But it's classes. It, it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not because we're Latino. It's because we're fucking poor. Mm-hmm. And you think because we're poor, we got to be stupid. And what hurts the most is when it comes from your own people. Oh, of course. You know? They're your people in the sense of uh, uh, race. Yeah. But not in the sense of community. Yeah. I'm, I just want to be clear. It wasn't my artist that said that. No, no. Uh, I didn't think it was. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't my, old, no. my old artist that said that. If anything, she was very understanding. Right. But us being together all the time, it came to the point where it was like, this is getting too much. Yeah. We were, we grew up, she grew up in the suburbs. So we came from two different worlds. We had yeah. two different ideas, mm-hmm. you know, which it wasn't bad at the end of the day. But at the same time, it's like, we got to make sure our mental health is in check and yeah. stuff. And like I said, it wasn't just me that wanted to be done. She wanted to be done, too. She wanted her own. It was like what Pia was talking about earlier. She wanted her independence. Right. That That's what it was. Like, she she, she was like, I want to be independent. And she was a woman, too. She's like, I want to be, I want to make sure I can do this, mm-hmm. you know. And she was just starting out as well. So she continues on her musical journey? Yeah. Okay, good for her. Shout out to her, man. Mm-hmm. So, um... You did be mine. I saw you got some recognition. You got like a dope ass. It looked like a reel. Right? It was. It was. Yeah. It was a. It was a reel, and right. I also got a plaque for it. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. So your first, uh, your first acting gig. You yeah. get some recognition. That's gotta mm-hmm. feel good, right? Yeah. So then, when did you decide uh, to start writing or to start directing the next project? Right after we wrapped up Be Mine. And what made you say, all right, I'm not only going to act in this joint, I'm going to be the one to make it happen? Because I would see people with more opportunities Mm -hmm. because of who they are, what they look like, Mm -hmm. and they would not utilize it. I know to utilize it. So I was like, if they could do it, and if they're not choosing to do it, I'm going to do it, whether they want to be part of it or not. So I, so I was thinking about it. I was like, what can I do that would be unique, that would be different, but people can relate to? Mm-hmm. Which is when growing up, me and my cousins will always call each other cuz. Right. Like, hey, cuz, you good? Mm-hmm. What's up, cuz? And something that people, every Latin person can relate to is the relationship you have with your cousins. Yes. Sometimes your cousins are so close, you consider them more as a sibling than your own sibling. Mm-hmm. And me and my cousins, I don't call them my cousins, I call them my brothers. Because right. we grew up like, yo, I remember we used to do the most dumbest things. Like we'll go to McDonald's and we were so poor. My One of my cousins will get the fries, one of them will get the soda, one of them will get the burger, and I'll get the nuggets. And we'll share with each other. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how broke yeah, we were. That's t- that sounds typical. <laughs> yeah. So, And that was a bond that we all shared. And like, even the thought of losing one of my cousins yeah. was hard. And with my film, something I wanted to show, which is something I learned, mm-hmm. was that, yeah, you want to be a gangster? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sell drugs, get women, get nice cars, make a lot of money. But this is what will happen in the end. The repercussions. Either jail 
mm-hmm. or death or your family is so traumatized, nothing will ever be the same. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I hate being from the hood is kids idolizing that gang stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like that shit. You're not, you're not going to live. Name one gangster you know yeah. that you saw growing up and is doing good right now. Mm-mm. I couldn't tell you one, bro. And I grew up in Jersey City on Franklin and Palisade during the crack era. Yeah, and then we're two different generations. Mm-hmm. Even me, <clears throat> I I don't, I can't, the only ones I know are either dead, mm-hmm. in jail, or got like six baby mamas and they still dead broke. Yeah. So it's a harsh reality, but one thing I learned is sometimes you got to show people the harsh reality for them to wake up, mm-hmm. which is something I want to do with Cuz. Well, I am doing with Cuz. And right now we're in the casting process is going to start September 1st. The funding process is going to start September 1st, and I plan on shooting it either March of 2024 or summer of 2024. Where? Hartford. Okay. Because uh, it's about Hartford, um, the gang life, how it was in Hartford. And one of the biggest things that really inspired me to do it was back when I graduated high school, there was this kid. His nickname was Macho. Mm. Great kid. He Was he Puerto Rican? Puerto Rican. Um, he was lovable, you know, but he hung out with the wrong people. Mm. And he got killed for it. Yep. He did not deserve to die. Right. And I will say that that's often the case. Mm-hmm. He the, did not, the ones that don't wrong deserve place, it be the ones to get it. Wrong place, wrong time. Mm. And his nickname was Macho. So mm. my character, one of them name is Macho. Okay. But it's also for my little cousin whose name is Macho, oh. which was weird how that is Puerto cor- Rican, bro. You're yeah. gonna know seven machos. Co- correlated. <laughs> so that's something I also want to do for him too, because something I learned in the hood is that like this person died. Tomorrow, they're talking about a new fucking garden that was made in the city. I'm like, yo, you just told me a kid died. Death is so common now that it's not even like, it's almost not even news, right? Right. Think of school shootings. Mm -hmm. You know, when we had our first school shooting, let's say Columbine as an example. Yeah. Yo, that shit was in the news cycle for like three weeks. They made films about it. They made documentaries about it. I'm still seeing documentaries about it being made. Mine's with Sandy Hook. Right, up in CT. I, I was the rem- same. I remember that. I was the same too. grade, the same age as those kids. Mm-hmm. My teacher, she was uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. She just told us, she was like, a guy came into school with a gun and killed a bunch of kids. And y'all was the same age. We was all like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, we was scared. Mm-hmm. And this, and what was crazy is that it happened in a suburban town. Yeah. We're in Hartford. So we're like, what the hell? Like, like, and like, there's people with guns right outside our front door. Yeah. What's going to happen when that happens to us? Because, we knew even from a young age the police don't give a fuck. No, they never. Not did. all police. Some most, you most, know, most, most police, right? <clears throat> and like most politicians and shit. So it was a very scary situation, you know. And that's something that a lot of people who grew up how I grew up. That's all they see and that's all they know. Right. Me and the people I work with, like the director of Be Mine, his and Love. His name is John Cruz. He grew up the same way I grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that we want to change. You know, yes, you struggled. You went through a bunch of bullshit. But this gangs, the drugs, the poverty, that's not it. This is what we can. This is what you can do, too. You can make it. Mm -hmm. Anybody can make it. Hollywood glamorizes that gangster life, bro. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of money in Hollywood creating death almost you feel me and that's what i loved about goodfellas and the bronx tale mm-hmm. because it shows what happened in the end yeah you want to be a gangster this scarface is what's too happen. scarface too Hell yeah. yeah you can have all this money power the wrong way mm-hmm. and this is what will happen you're gonna get fucked up yeah there's no other ending um 
than those two endings. So, cuz, if somebody hears this today and they're like, oh, shit, Casper, I want to fuck with you, man. I want to mm-hmm. donate to cuz. I want to be part of the fundraising. How would they go about doing so? We got a GoFundMe on the Instagram page, Cuz the Movie. Okay. And you can also find a link to it on my Instagram, Casbu7, C-A-S-B-U, and the number seven. All right. So everybody go check that out. Let me write that down. Casbu7. That's the Instagram. Go follow the brother Casper if you want to donate to Cuz. Go uh, to the brother's page. Follow the link to the GoFundMe. Donate some money. Get that movie made. Now, it's a horror movie. Cuz is it is it a horror movie? I'm sorry, it's, it's, I, I it's meant a, to say that. No, question. No, it's a drama thriller. <laughs> okay, drama yeah. thriller. Okay, um, be mine was the <clears> horror movie. Are you playing in Cuz? No, you're not acting in Cuz. No. Okay, you're only directing and writing. Yep. And you're gonna start casting soon. Yep. All right. Um, before we move on, I want to ask you two questions. Go ahead. What were the two biggest gangs in Hartford when you were coming up? <laughs> uh Okay. Yeah, I could talk about it. Uh, it was Latin Kings mm-hmm. and Solitos. Okay. Those Solitos, were the, I don't know. About. Those were the two biggest Spanish ones. <clears throat> I can, and were they at war? From from what I knew, because I when I say I was young, I was like five, six. I think they were, okay. but maybe it was more pushed into the nineties. I believe, because I'm not gonna make it seem like I know about the gang shit. Well, I, good. Don't. Like, I was aware of it, uh-huh. but I but I didn't. But I'm not one hundred percent into it because I knew it was wrong. Right. I had family and I had friends who were part of that and obviously you know they would talk about it and shit. But it was I knew the Solitos and the Latin Kings did not like each other. Right. That was a big thing. And those are the Spanish gangs. We had more gangs cuz what people don't know about Hartford is Hartford is separated in two. You got the North End mm-hmm. and you got the South End. South End is Hispanics. Okay. And you know that was where the Latin Kings were and that was where most of the Solitos were. Then you got the North End, which is blacks. Okay. They had their own gangs. It probably was the Bloods and the Crips. I'm not totally sure because I even that's another thing too. I even knew the North End of Hartford existed until I was like 13. Damn. I thought I thought Hartford was Park Street. <laughs> no shit, mm-hmm. bro. How did you find out it existed? You went on a bike ride one day. I just grew up, you know, and I started playing sports. My dad, that was one of his biggest ways of keeping me out of the gangs and off the street was sports. He put me, he made me do basketball. He made me do baseball. I hated playing basketball with every passion in my body. Really? I did not like basketball. Did I did you like I, baseball? No. Neither? I loved football. Okay. I loved playing football. I loved doing martial arts. But he didn't care. He was like, I know you don't like it. Right. But that was the only way he knew how to keep me out. Right, right. The point wasn't for you to like it. The yeah. point was to avoid you liking this shit mm-hmm, over here. Yeah. All right, question number two. Give me your top three directors. You were going to ask me that? Damn. Oh, wait. I know. Um, Quentin Tarantino. And this okay. is not in order. Okay. Um, Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. and Martin Scorsese. Nice. That's a great list right there. And if you follow down their path, you're going to be good to go, my friend. Mm-hmm. So, Cuz, Spanish thriller based on family life coming soon. Everybody go donate to that. Let's make that happen. After that, you told me you're working on a documentary, right? Yeah. Untitled as of now. Yep. You're directing it. You're writing it. You're producing it. And what is the documentary focused on? It's about what immigrants actually go through when they come to the U.S. Any specific immigrants? We're gonna. It's gonna be a show. 
Okay. So, for example, this upcoming, the first season is going to be, episode one is going to be Brazil, mm-hmm. episode two is going to be Puerto Rico, and episode three is going to be Mexico. Okay. So, we're going to focus on how they got here, how their home was like back at home, what they had to go through, stuff they had to put up with, what they're going through right now. Right. And it's not just me. Um, I'm also directing it with a girl who's in the industry, who is um, coming up in the industry as well. Her name is Isabel Sam, Sam Pau. She's Brazilian. Um, great girl. She actually brought me on to the project. Right. So at first it was her idea because she wanted to do a documentary. I had the idea for the documentary. So we're like, okay, let's work together and do this. So it's right. going to be in, recorded both in Hartford and Boston. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's present time. So it's immigrants of today. Yep. So we're there's a lot of things we have to do to take necessary precautions to make sure to not reveal any identities. Right. Um, especially with Puerto Rico, we don't got to worry. Right. Um, but mostly like with Brazil, Mexico, and and, uh, and any other country, you know, because uh, we want their story to be out, but we don't want them to... You don't want to jam them yeah, up. Uh, jeopardize them because mm-hmm. if they're going to risk their life here mm-hmm. for our project, we should do everything in our power to make sure we protect them. Absolutely. And make sure they're good. That's the biggest thing that me and her are doing right now. And right now we are on the pre-production phase because making the documentary is very different. From making a film. From making a film. Right. Um, it's easier, but it's not. I imagine a lot more research. Yes. A lot more truth. Yes. Right? You, you're not faking the funk on anything. Mm-hmm. And um, because nobody's acting, right? It's all honest. Yep. And sometimes it hurts to be very honest. It, especially like with a subject like that, right? So 100%. I can, uh, you know, who who wants to openly talk about the hardships that they went through coming to a new country when those hardships can include verbal abuse, racism, mm-hmm. or even physical abuse? Like nobody wants to delve back into that chamber and reawaken those memories. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I can imagine it being. A, di- a more difficult task to complete. That's, that's something because I grew up not only with Puerto Ricans, I grew up with Mexicans, mm-hmm. Colombians, Dominicans. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my closest friends, he's Mexican. He's the, Him and his little brother are the only two U.S. born. Okay. He lived here his whole life. He couldn't even imagine what would happen if, if they took his parents away. Right. He'd be asked out. You know, and me, I feel like as... Puerto Ricans, we should not just look out for the Puerto Rican community, but also for the Latin community as, as a whole, because we got a leg up. Yeah. We're U.S. citizen automatically. Oh, it don't real. matter if we're born in PR. It don't matter if we're born here. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we should take advantage of that and put a voice for people who who are not able to do that. Not saying they won't they won't speak up about it because they right. will. They, it, it would just be nice to give them our support. I think, and this is me. This is my opinion. I, I have no. Uh, I've done no research. Um, I think the reason Puerto Ricans don't do that or are not so quick to do that, right, is because island Puerto Ricans feel, and again, this is my opinion. If y'all, if I'm wrong and y'all think otherwise, please drop a comment, leave a comment, educate me and let me know. But I think that Puerto Ricans on the island probably feel voiceless themselves mm-hmm. because of what is happening on the island mm-hmm. as far as these uh, these companies coming in and taking old all right buying land <laughs> and whatever this has been going on forever I right? get it yeah uh, if you know your Puerto Rican history you know the the US came in and they 
stole land. We're not going to sugarcoat that shit. Yeah. They stole the sugarcane fields. They created slums in Puerto Rico when slums never existed. Everybody was eating. Everybody was living good. They came in. They stole some shit. They created slums. They fucked us up for the next 30 generations or whatever. Um, and there wasn't much we could do or people could do. You know, they tried to resist. They tried to fight when they tried to to protest peacefully. A massacre occurred. I don't know if you've ever heard about yeah. this. Um, so with the same shit happening now, minus the massacre and the guns, it's still robbery and fucking land being taken from people. Nobody's fighting for Puerto Rico. Nobody's fighting for the people. You know what I'm saying? Right. So how can I fight for you? If I'm looking like, who the fuck is fighting for me? Mm-hmm. I'm over here dying and shit. You know which, what I'm saying? Which is something that long-term I'm going to do. <clears throat> I'm going to make a film, like a feature film, about how Puerto Rico became Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, I, and I'm titling it Boricua. Right. Because people don't know, Puerto Rico was not the first name we got. Right. And all... Every, almost every Spanish country, most of our towns are named after conquistadors. Mm-hmm. Like Burgos, my last name, mm-hmm. was from a city in Spain yeah. that I have never been to. Right. <laughs> but yeah. my family's from PR. Uh-huh. Same thing with Ponce, Ponce de Leon. Uh-huh. Uh, you got Christopher Columbus. And that's something else, too, that people think that Puerto Rico, we were like, yes, yes, let's be a part of you. Right. No. What happened is they crippled us and i'm talking like back then if mm-hmm. if i'm wrong correct me yes. too they crippled us to the point where it's like okay you're fucked by yourself so we're gonna make you need us yeah. so yeah we give you just enough mm-hmm. but you're still gonna be screwed you're still fucked yeah so you're we, just not as fucked yeah you're just not as fucked because yeah. i think someone made a comment when i had this kind of discussion about how like yeah puerto rico is owned by the white man mm-hmm. and i go you acting like we had a choice exactly because there's shit going on right now there's people who want to be independent mm-hmm. and there's people who want to be fully united states of america i'm not going to voice my opinion on that mm-hmm. because i don't live on the island right i feel like i don't have the right to to make that kind of call you know we don't have the right how can i put this without sounding crazy as hell right mm-hmm. um we don't have the right, but I feel like the right is within us. Right. Like, we, we almost owe it to our ancestors to to be a part of the fight yeah. and the fight back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because our parents left the island for a reason. Exactly. And remember, some of them were forced to leave the island. Mm-hmm. Um, My dad being one of them. Right. Yeah. So they promised them citizenship. Mm-hmm. But you got to leave the island. You got to leave. Yeah. Same thing that happened with Cuba. And it's like damn, I got to leave my house to be a citizen. And then, you know, you're a citizen, then they draft you. Yeah. And now you go to war. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I was just chilling on the beach. Yeah. Drinking coconuts and shit. Now I'm in war for the, for the, I don't even fucking know why. And I'm just fucked up in the game, man. Shout out to Puerto Rico, bro. Yeah. And that's, that's, I I love, I love Puerto Rico. I went when I was like 15 with Mm -hmm. my dad. I did not want to leave. I cried the airplane ride back. I, I, I'm because, trying to go in October, and yeah. I feel like I'm going to cry mm-hmm. when I the, come back, too. The people are different. The food is different. Um, the, the air is the different. The air right? is different. You know? And I asked my dad. I was like, Dad, why would you leave? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, now here's the talk. So go. he, his parents were never around. He grew up on his own mm-hmm. from, like, toddler, baby, all that kind of stuff. Where were they? Working? When you find out, let me know. Yeah, because um, and I'm not ashamed to say it too. You know, his his parents were not there. You know, he he slept couch to couch 
that's why I respect and I admire him so much because he struggled. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, he got in with the wrong crowd, doing stuff he wasn't supposed to in PR. And then he came over here. Mm-hmm. My mom, she grew up in the U.S. Mm-hmm. She grew up in New Britain, Connecticut. Okay. But my grandmother, she had four kids. Her, the, the, the father of the kids was not a good person. So right. she left as well to give a better life to them too. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing I try to tell people. Even like, maybe you went through this. I don't know if you went to college or anything. Mm-hmm. So when I met Latin kids, or kids of color who grew up in the sub, the sub, the suburb. Mm-hmm. Is it me, or they always acted like they was better than us? Well, yeah, of course. Again, it's classism, you know? right? Uh, so if I grew up in the suburbs, and you grew up in the hood, society will tell us that I had a better upbringing, mm-hmm. I had a better education, yeah. I had a better support system, I had more resources. I had more choices. I could do whatever the fuck I want. And you are stuck almost like in a, in a hell, like, yeah. s- scope. Um, so, yeah, they're going to think they're yeah, better than which, you. Which is something I grew up realizing, too, you know, in college and stuff. Because I look at these kids. I'm like, yo, y'all judging me. But I don't envy y'all. I don't want y'all life. Yeah. Especially this is the mindset you're going to have. Mm-hmm. I don't want y'all life. And that's something that used to irritate me, too. It's like, yo, your parents struggled mm. for you to have a good life. But and did you ever think that maybe their parents made them that way? Because they did struggle and they 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 know the ugliness of of the struggle. You mean like sheltered? Right. They want to shelter them. But in sheltering them so much, they make them judgmental against the less. You know? I met I met some who were self righteous as hell. So those are self loathing, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I grew up in the hood, but I'm teaching you, yo, fuck the hood. It's full of shit, pretty much. Yeah, that's fucked my, up. My dad, my dad, I keep talking about my no, dad. No, no, shout out to Pop Dukes, <laughs> man. We gonna bring him up next. One of his biggest things was like, <clears throat> make sure people know where you where you come from. Right. You're from Hartford, which is why I'm not ashamed to tell people this is how my dad grew up. This is how my mom grew up. You know, and that's why I think it's beautiful because, like, my dad, he came from the island here. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the hood, and now I'm creating a better life for my son. Mm-hmm. My son, he's going to grow up in the suburbs. Right. That's, it is. But he it, doesn't have to grow up he to, doesn't be, have to, grow up to uh, be like them suburban kids. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's why it's, it's, it's our job as parents to teach our kids the right things. But something I learned, too, is that peop, when I did the mistakes I made, People were like, yo, do your parents care? Like, do you mm-hmm. get attention? I That made me more mad because it's like, no, this is not the faults of my father. Mm-hmm. This is me being a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Not being a dumbass, but making a dumbass move because parents can do so much. Right. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for your own actions. Mm-hmm. Even now, my son is five months old. I tell him to chill out. He's still like, eh, you know, like he still do whatever the hell he wants yeah. to do. Well, he's five months old. He's Patrick. five months old. You know? <laughs> I don't think he understands <laughs> he, chill out he, yet. He drives me fucking crazy. I love him to death. That's my, no, God bless, that's my boy. Y- y'all gonna, y'all gonna grow together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on, you're gonna have the documentary. It's currently untitled. Then you're working on another joint, and this joint is called Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna produce that one. 
excuse me. You're the pro the project the product manager. The production manager. The production manager. And the production me, coordinator. And the production coordinator on that one. So yeah. you're not acting in it. Did you have anything to do with the writing of it? No, not at all. That is being written by John Cruz, who was the director of Be Mine, and her his co-writer, this young girl who also grew up in Hartford. Okay. Um, her name is Tanya. I don't know her last name because we just met once. Right. Shout um, out to her I'm part of the project. My homegirl, she's part of the project too. And he, how in the world did he even introduce this to me? <laughs> like, I, I think I just got a phone call and he was like, hey, I'm doing this. What you think about it? I was like, hell yes. Right. I would love to be a part of that. But I wanted to make sure that I, I had a role where I can actually be used. Mm. And he explained to me because I just got those responsibilities last night. Right. He called me. He was like, okay, I'm picking the crew. This is what I want you to do. The reason why I'm giving you this is because I saw how you were as a manager mm. and how you threw out your back, how you made sacrifices, how you did so many things for your for your client. I know this is what you can do because me, I'm good at separating relationship, personal relationship and business. Right. I could love you to death, but if you're messing up my money, you got to go. Mm. Not in the sense of like, I'm going to throw you out. You got to chill. Yeah. You know? And if you got to throw them out, fucking yeah. throw them out, bro. Because yeah. business is business. That that's something, that's something I learned, too. You know, a lot of people had issues with being able to throw out people who weren't good for them. That's something I learned. That's because they never learned that two things. One is business. It's not personal. And two, there are no emotions in business. Mm-hmm. You remain calm and you handle business. You're not angry. You're not sad. You're not happy. You're not depressed. Whatever. It's business. You're trying to get it done. Whatever point A is, point B, close the deal, move on. It's not for you to be emotional. You know, if we're doing business mm-hmm. and our plan is whatever and you're fucking it up, it's not for me to get mad. Yeah. It's just for me to cut you off. Yo, you that, can't be in the business. That's my thing. It's like, look, I don't care how close we are. I'm going to hold you accountable. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, we cool. We probably go hang out, sleep uh, sleepovers and, and stuff or, you know, drink together. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. My job, and this is not managing. This is everything mm-hmm. with film, even comedy, music, whatever. I need to hold you accountable. Because one, we're not kids. Mm-hmm. We're adults. You got a vision. I got a vision. If you got a problem with me holding you accountable, you don't want this as bad as, exactly. as you think you do. Exactly. And my thing is, the friends you want is the ones who hold you accountable. Because mm-hmm. my, my friends, they tell me all the time, like, I remember one time I cheated on a girl. <laughs> she was a great girl. She did not deserve it. Right. My friend, he comes up to me. He was like, you got to be the dumbest motherfucker on the planet for cheating on that girl. And that's a good friend. It was. And yeah. then I'm thinking about it. And I was like, damn. You know, I lost a good one, but it was a growth moment. Uh-huh. You know, she's doing great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing great because, mm-hmm. you know, I learned from it. But those are the friends that I want around me. I want friends who let me know when I mess up, who don't sugarcoat, and also who appreciate me and my value. Not saying that my value is me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't change the fact that you don't get to think that you get to um deep try to devalue me or not. Right. I'm still going to hold you accountable. And if you get mad at me for holding you accountable, mm-hmm. guess hold it. I don't, so be it. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Fuck out of here. Let me, uh, let me give a quick message. Um, I don't, I wouldn't do business with somebody that cheats on their girl. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yo, you can't trust them, bro. You know, not saying you are untrustworthy. I yeah. know you were young and you made a mistake. I get it. 
If we was doing business today and you tell me I'm married, all right, cool. And then you go and cheat on your girl in front of me, I'll be like, yo, I can't fuck with this guy. The person that you're supposed to love the most and hold you down and yeah. you hold them down, you're fucking cheating on them. What are you going to do to me? That That's something I learned too because I see, you know, all these rappers, all these common artists who are trying to do it, and I look at them and I'm like, that's your girl, but how come I saw you doing this with another girl? Exactly. You know, and people idolize that, yeah. having hella woman. My thing is, at least for me, no. I don't mm-hmm. want to be the kind of person who's known for having multiple women in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the multiple women I want in my life is my mom, mm-hmm. my grandmother, my daughter when I have one, mm-hmm. my my wife, my sister, my cousin. I don't I don't want I don't want it to be where like I have five baby mamas. Right. No, that's disgusting, bro. I don't. No. But that's all glamorized mm-hmm. in the hood. Yeah. Right? Um, men having multiple women. Yo, you're a pimp. You're a player. You're the dude. You're the Don. Whatever. Um, man shooting multiple fuckers. Oh, yo, he busts his gun. He, he a killer. That's, he bowed it. That's something I learned, too, with the person I represented. It, I knew for a fact if she was to do one of those things, which is something I respected about her, People would have lost so much respect for her. Oh, she's a hoe. Yeah. But she's she's not. Right. She like that that's something like she had very strong morals morals which reflected on the music that she made. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact, like let's say I was like, I sleep with a bunch of women, mm-hmm. hella people were gonna glorify me. Women too. Mm-hmm. Because people are not educated. But if she was to say, Oh, I slept with everybody in the planet, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, Ugh. They're gonna you ran you ran. Well, through. all right, see, this is the this is where something's wrong, bro. Right, because society is shifting, mm-hmm. and I say that because who's the hot, who's the hottest rapper out right now? Woman. Woman. Cardi. I think Doja. even hotter than both of them right now today. Sexy fucking red. Yeah. What the fuck, sexy red be rapping about? <laughs> I'm in Miami yeah. looking for the nigga to slam me. Yeah. Some shit like. Yeah. Yo, society's going through a weird change, mm-hmm. bro. And I never thought I would see the day that Sexy Red is like the hottest rapper and she talks the most disgusting shit. You feel me? Even beyond Cardi. Yeah. Um, even beyond like in our day, we had Kim and we had Foxy. Um, they and they took the sex rap to a level, but she's taking it like raunchy, uh, and- almost like uh, like you remember Andrew Dice Clay? Yes. Something like that, like, and and that's gross. Like woman, and this is and this is um most women that I met, they 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 use it as like a revolution. Yeah, yeah, um, it's and, empowering. And, and I'm like, no, like you can still be a powerful woman, yeah. but not open. Like even something I had to learn that being a man does not mean sleeping with fifty women. Right. That's that that that's not what makes you a man mm-hmm. or a, a a high value alpha alpha man. Mm-hmm. Being a hoe is not going to make you... Like, listen, if my daughter came up to me and she was like, hey, dad, I got ran through by the whole football team. Mm-hmm. You don't want to shoot yourself. <laughs> I will, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is my daughter. Let me use this as a lesson moment, but mm-hmm. I'm going to let her know right now that her reputation could be damaged. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I get... I understand why women want to make a revolution because me like I said representing a Latina artist I, I saw what the bullshit she had to go through mm-hmm. and how people some people didn't take her seriously or some people subconsciously or had underlining bad intentions of with course. her me my job was to make sure I protected her of course but then especially she, in the music industry but huh? something we didn't know was that it's making it it's making it seem like she couldn't protect herself which added on 
Well, even if she could, the person trying to harm her don't give a fuck, bro. That that's another thing too that that's not for me to know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like something that she wanted to do, which is something I respect. I was like, mm-hmm. I get it, because me, I wasn't always this muscle kid. Mm-hmm. When I was ten, I was fat as shit. Mm-hmm. I had no neck. Well. You said you were insecure. Yeah, I was so insecure. You had your um, I I had no girlfriends. I was ugly as shit. Um, I got bullied a lot. And well, got, you gotta glow up, baby. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the thing. I don't. That, that's the funny shit. Like on TikTok, people be putting glow ups. No, that's not a glow up. You grew up. You just grew that, up. Yeah. That, a glow up is like because when I was like 15, I was I was still fat, uh-huh. and that's when I started hitting the weights, and that's when I started you know getting muscular, and now yeah, I'm cutting. Yeah, yeah. So that's a glow up. You know, you going through You have through pu- to put work yeah. into a glow up. I will tell the whole world this every day. A glow up is not you going through puberty. Yeah. It's just kids, you- <laughs> yo, you're just a funny looking kid, bro. Like- <laughs> 95% of kids are funny looking. Yeah. It's it's just science and genetics. Your mm-hmm. head is too big, your teeth are too big, yeah. your ears, you're growing into everything. Like like even my nature. my older brother, love him to death, but he was a funny looking kid. Yo, that's but a- this dude can pull now because he's a good looking dude. Right. He he's he's muscular. He's he's more buff than me. Mm-hmm. He's brown. He has- when did he turn good looking? <sighs> when he was like fourteen. Good Be- because that means he had fourteen years of being not good looking, mm-hmm. and he had to develop other shit. Yeah, but now his confidence is through the roof, and it gets so annoying. No, it should be. <laughs> Fuck that. Rock I'm on, like, brother. I'm like, yo, shut up, bro. I don't care. <laughs> He works out and shit. Oh, yo, this dude so he's, is like he's celebrating his he, hard work. He, he goes to the gym. He he has weights in his room. He jogs. He runs. He's a security guard. He got the thing on him. Yeah. He don't give a fuck. That's the thing that I love about him, though. He took a lot of blows from me, mm-hmm. so I can be able to do good things. Right. Which is something because I told him straight up, I'm like, bro, you're gonna be my head of security. There you go. Throwing through because who else? He got a job lined up. Who wouldn't I trust more than my older brother? And he's very protective too. Cause I remember I told I told him I was coming out here. He's like, are you coming out here by yourself? (laughs) I'm like, dog, I'm not a baby. But it's it's that it's that mindset. You know, and it's also what they've been through, bro. You know, and he's another one too. Who him and my dad twins. Yeah, they don't want you to go down the avenues that they went through. You know, even for one day. He he went he went through a lot, my older brother. But with my son, he's the softest kid kid in the planet. Of course, bro. Theo (laughs) duty is the best duty, and it's again because we can give him back. Like he'll come temporary. He'll come into the house. He'll be like, "Where's the baby?" I'm like, "Hi." Yeah, he don't give a fuck about you no more. I love it, bro. (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to your brother, yeah. man. All right, let's talk uh, stand-up comedy as we wrap this up. Uh, let's talk stand-up comedy. What got you into stand-up comedy? Something I learned today was that a lot of people get offended over the, to me, dumb shit. Well, today, yeah, bro. Society uh, so, some soft shit. But thanks to my, my family, I watched Eddie Murphy. I watched George Lopez when mm-hmm. they were young back in the mm-hmm. day. And looking at it now, my thing is like, yo, this is funny, but it's offensive. Offensive. Yeah. But the thing that I liked about them was that they said it in a way where it's like, you can get it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you know what? Let me bring this shit back, but add the new generation flavor into it. Because mm-hmm. people tell me all the time, they're like, yo, you should try stand up. You're funny. And I'm like, listen, I know I'm funny, but I can't be that funny. Yeah. My first open mic, I killed it. You did it. Yeah, I yeah. saw the video. And I was like, you know what? Let me keep doing it. And I kept doing it. I kept doing it. And within like two weeks, I got my first opening show. Nice. Um, 
people it's always the, the biggest thing that that puts up my confidence with anything i do is when people see how old i am right they're like yo you're 19 yes That's i'm 19 up, yeah. i had this one dude who made me show him my id no shit. he was like you can't be 19 bro i'm like no i'm 19 he was like yo you're doing it because he, cause he's like a lot of kids your age they either don't know what they want mm-hmm. or they're just lazy something that I give a lot of credit to my mom. My mom, she's really good at telling me when to slow the fuck down. Okay. Like, I be tired as hell. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I be having eye bags. I be more irritable. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, listen, work hard, but rest. Yeah. Like, you need you need to rest, which is another thing, which is what led to, you know, me letting go of the whole manager thing. Because even now, I would love to manage. Like, after me and her stopped working together, this is something I forgot to mention, people been blowing up my phone for right. representation for representation right because now and, you're available yeah and it's like I, I sit back on my bed and my thing is like <clears throat> i'm good at it but do i want to do it because it's like i love movies i love stand-up i love acting i love writing i don't want to focus on somebody else's career no. it's it, it's all love i don't give a fuck and there's only 24 hours in a day bro yeah and you have a baby and you gotta sleep eventually and i'm still in college look at that so I would like wake up at five and I wouldn't go to bed until like three in the morning. Yeah. And your body can't uh, maintain that forever. Mm-hmm. But you always have the option to come back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Once uh, <clears throat> the movies are done or whatever, whenever you have a break in time, that's always something. You yeah. Can come so back to. every single artist that came up to me and models, too, I tell them, don't wait on me. Because I'm thinking, I'm, I'm still debating if I want to manage again. Right. If you find representation that you feel like is good for you, go for it. I don't care. No. But don't don't wait well, on me. Send the models this way. Right. I, I'm going to get into model management. Oh, really? Yeah, well, okay. Since they, you got them on deck, I'm going to get into yeah, it. Yeah, th- that's another thing, too. Yo, CT got so much talent. Yeah. You know, we got models. We got artists. We got filmmakers. So much talent. But they just need that 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 thing, which is me. Yeah. You know, and people like me. Yeah. Who doesn't? You can set up a showcase for them, uh, yeah. fashion show, whatever the case may be. Some, have some people do music. Uh, something that I learned that <clears> knocked <throat> people down is because how I first saw my first artist perform was a showcase mm. that someone made in, in, in CT. Mm-hmm. But then they made another showcase in the future. No one pulled up to support. Almost no one pulled up to support. Do you know why? And I well, don't know why. I'm yeah, well, behind the scenes, I don't know. Um, could, could it be that the promoter was a dick? Did he not pay anybody? Did he charge him? You know what I'm saying? I, like, I there's really, always a, a reason. It's not. I, it I really be just nobody. I really don't. Up. I really don't know. Um, I try not to. Get, it's not. It's not really in my business. Right. But from what I can see from intuition, was that they market it very well. Mm-hmm. It's the support. You know, it's like. It, it's like this, it's like a plague, you know, people don't want to see people being successful. Right. You know, and it's either people who are trying to reach success or people who don't have success, which is also within families as well. Right. You know, because I would see like the Instagram stories and that shit looks so depressing. Could it be, and I don't know, I'm just assuming here, but normally a showcase, right? You get mm-hmm. a bunch of artists that are on the come up, independent, right. unknown, right? And, uh... Maybe you make them sell tickets, whatever, 10 tickets, $20 each. Um, these artists got to have at least 10 people that fuck with them, right? Right. Uh, parents, sisters, brothers, a couple friends. That's 10 people. So if I'm putting together the showcase, could it be that he selected artists that had no support? You know, nobody's coming to the showcase normally because it's a showcase. 
Yeah. Unless you're scouting for talent. Or yeah. That's and, your job. And the venue was a well-known venue in Hartford. Even right. when, even when, like, probably when you was a kid, you would have known about it in Hartford mm. because my the Hartford parents, Civic Center. No. Oh. <laughs> it, it was a it, it was a nightclub. I'm not gonna name it because I don't know if like right. I I don't want to reveal so much. It it was a well-known place, you know. But something I I also learned was that when it comes to support, it's like people will not support you unless they see they can get something out of it. Right, which is something I had to learn my myself, and, and even for even for my artists, because it's like, yo, you got no, not just my artists, other people too. It's like, yeah, you know, you got people supporting you, but where are the people who are struggling with you? Mm. Rec- like, reckon even for myself, it's like, okay, let me recognize the people who are there for me, who are willing to 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 go out of their way for me, mm-hmm. and, and 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 support me no matter what. If I was to make a shitty song today, will I have the same people supporting me when I made the number one hit that went platinum 10 years ago? Right. That's what I got to look at. But well, that, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. but in a perfect world, those people are going to tell you, yo, Casper, that's a shitty fucking song, bro. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the thing. People people like to sabotage so you can make another shitty song because they right, hate. Right, right. You know, like I, I've seen people with other people, which is something I respect myself to much, so much, where it's like, if I know you're not good for me, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hesitate to kick you the fuck out. Right. Other people, they don't have that 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 that, that virtue, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, because a person can disappear on you mess you up, not support you no more. Then out of nowhere, they come back because they see you being successful. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, yes, of course I'd like to support you. You're going to just welcome them back with open arms, but you're going yeah. to push away the people who've been there for you since day one. That's mm-hmm. something I will never respect. Right. I will never admire. It don't matter, man, woman, filmmaker, artist, whatever, because that's something that I can even say to this day I never did. Right. Because that was something I learned, not even from my parents, from myself, you value and you love the people who are there for you. Mm-hmm. The people who don't care about you, send them on their way, but don't villainize them. Mm-hmm. Be, I, I'm a Catholic. Uh, I'm spiritual. I leave it to God. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. If that person's like, if you're gonna walk out of my life, I will open the door for you. Right. If you're not even, you gonna, don't have to kick them out the yeah, door. Yeah. I'll open. I used to kick them out. Yeah, the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I open the door. I'm like, yeah, okay, and let bye. Guess no, it. No, when, no because you're the one who's gonna have to live with this decision when you see me exactly. doing great things. Exactly. Because and, and most likely come right the fuck back with your tail between your mm-hmm. legs and hope that, to be a part the, of it. The mindset I have is like, okay, I can't wait to see your face ten years from now when you see me on TV mm-hmm. and when somebody goes like, hey, ain't you used to chill with this person? Mm-hmm. What happened? Now what you gonna say? Oh, they're gonna come up with some hater shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was a bitch ass nigga. Yeah. Some shit. Blah blah blah. They're, they'll never um it, admit, be it, person enough yeah. or, or or strong enough to admit where they fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, which is something like <clears throat> I don't I don't like to put something I don't do, I don't gossip. Right. But if someone asks me a question, I would not lie to your face. This right. is what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to damage how that person's image. I'm not trying to damage my image. I will say the things that I did that was wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to lie to you and mm-hmm. tell you, oh, you know, everything is fine. No, this happened because no. we're people and we need to recognize our faults just as much as our glorifications. Absolutely. I learned a long time ago, the truth can never be disrespectful. That's fire. Okay. That's fine. Remember that. So we've been all over with this conversation today. Yep. Brother Casper, we talked everything from Connecticut gangsters to filmmakers to, to, to your favorite top three directors. Uh, you got a lot of projects coming out. If somebody wanted to watch Be Mine today, how could they find it? 
that is a question for the director um, because I just acted in it. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is you can follow the Instagram page, Be Mind the Movie, mm -hmm. and you can also follow the director's page. You can find it in me. If anybody wants to know, I could send it to them as well. I just don't have it by heart. You mind if I look for it right yeah, now? Yeah, rock on. While you do that, everybody make sure y'all go check out Be Mind. He's going to find out how we could check it out. Keep your eyes open and be on the lookout for Cuz the movie dropping hopefully next year, somewhere around that yeah. time. Yeah, and... So the director is Tank7732. He's the director. He's also the, the new director of Love. Um, he just made a show called More to Life that I'm also a part of as well. Nice. So please watch that too. Yeah. And where can they find that? Uh, his page, On Tank. His, through him. He needs to like. <laughs> Tank. <laughs> Some links, please. Tank7732 on Instagram. <laughs> Make sure you're following yeah. uh, the brother Casper at Casboo7, C-A-S-B-U-7. Make sure you're following the Godcast at G-H-D underscore podcast. Shout out to you, my brother. Thank you Thank for coming you so through. Much for having God me. bless the baby. God bless the family. Shout out to Pop Dukes, man. You sound like a real good brother, man. So good job on the brother Casper. Shout out to everybody out in CT, Connecticut, Hartford, uh, shout out to all my people in Massachusetts. Shout out to Cuz the movie and shout out to my cousin Anthony down in Florida doing big things. I love you. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, Brother Casper, when all this shit comes out, bro, come back, put us on. Of Let course. No, I wish you nothing but the best. Much success. I look forward to Cuz. I look forward to love. I look forward to the untitled documentary. If you got a stand up happening, let us know. We, mm -hmm. we can pull up. We can support. Um... If you get back into artist management and you got an artist, you want them to be interviewed, let us know. Bring them up. If For you sure. got some models that need a manager, follow me at money underscore burns. I handle all modeling uh, management. Uh, you, might not, <laughs> you might not get a gig, but fuck it. We're going to have fun, right? <laughs> On that note, Great American Hip Hop Debate Podcast, episode 162. Shout out to my co-host on vacation. Shout out to my niece. She about to drive me around. And we out. Yes, sir. Let's snap some pictures. Yeah.